Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns, and you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, there are many spiritual teachers out there who are teaching us that all of life in this world is actually an illusion, that the reality of life is that there is no suffering, no pain, no drama, just the gentle peace of nirvana, the life beyond the veil of matter. Is that true? If so, what are we doing here? I mean, what's the point? What's the meaning of life if it's all just an illusion anyway? But what if life is not an illusion? Doesn't that lead us to the same questions? Why do we suffer? What is the meaning of a life filled with suffering? Well, today we're going to answer some of those important life questions and come to terms with reality in a whole new way. So you want to be here for the whole show. You'll be glad you did. So, okay, the first thing we have to uh, look at is the is the reality of our everyday existence. And one of the biggest uh, psychological feats that we accomplish in life is the is acceptance. We begin to accept life on life's terms instead of demanding that life be on our terms. And that's one of the signs that someone has been granted a modicum of of maturity. And so, okay, well, if that's really true, then, you know, where does this idea of illusion come into play? So the old serenity prayer is, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And we'll be referencing that prayer several times during the show today. But it, what, what it's basically saying is there are things I can't change, and there are things I can change, and I need to know which are which so that I can do that effectively. And um, if life is really an illusion, there's not much we can do about that. If life is not an illusion, there's not much we can do about that. But we can pay attention to what's going on in our own minds. And that's where the issue really is. That's where the acceptance is, and that's where the illusions are. So, um, you know, in terms of whether or not life is a a big illusion, well, um, different religions say different things about that. But um, um, I think we have to work with life as if it is a reality. I think that we can't say, well... You know, it's just an illusion, so I don't really have to put much effort or energy into it. It's just an illusion. I can, you know, just stick my head in the sand and pretend it's not happening and it'll be all right. Um, I've seen lots of clients over the years who've tried to do that and ended up, you know, with their whole bodies in the sand instead of just their heads. Uh, So uh, it doesn't help us to just pretend that life isn't difficult or that suffering doesn't exist or that... um, that uh, that all is all is well when there is some suffering that's going on, but we can take suffering and bring acceptance to it, and also bring wisdom to it, or bring wisdom from it, so that it becomes a gain. And um, we definitely can and really work with suffering so that it it is it becomes a light turned on instead of a light turned off. Um, so okay. The light turned off would mean 
that life is all an illusion. That you know, we we really we, all we really have to do is stay so internalized that we don't recognize any of the stuff that's going on, good or bad, outside of us. We're completely detached from that, and we don't have to really invest in that at all. And while I agree that detachment is an important capacity because it does help us get to acceptance, detachment allows us to just let go and let life be what it is instead of trying to say what life is. So that's why today I'm not going to be able to come to the answers of uh, the ultimate answer, yes or no, life is is or is not an illusion. Different religions say different things, and, and you're going to have to come to terms with that on your own. Each of us has to answer that question individually. But what I have to contribute to it is that um, we can get into an illusion about life when we bargain with life, when we don't get to acceptance, when we pretend that life isn't what it is, when we tell ourselves we can make it different when we can't, um, when we don't allow the suffering to bring us to a new place of understanding when, we, uh, when we're in pretense instead of in uh, reality. Okay, so what is reality? You know, the old saying uh, and the relatively new saying that it is what it is. Um, that's one of the sayings that's going around today. It is what it is. And I think that sometimes we say that when we really don't know what it is. <laughs> so we're, we're pretending to ourselves that it's something else, but we're just saying that it is what it is. Um, but but uh, reality is what it is. Um, it is true that there is uh, darkness uh, at certain hours of the day in certain places in the world. It is true that in certain places of the world it's daylight all the time. It is true that, uh, that uh, there are certain times of the month when the moon does not shine in certain places on the world. Um, it is true that uh, that we are experiencing um, a climate change recently due to uh, some things that humans have done on planet Earth. It is true that we are uh, we are in a uh, constitutional crisis in America. Um, these things are true. They're happening in front of our face, and for us to say, "Well, that's really not happening. That's just an illusion." is to stick our head in the sand and pretend it's not good. And I've talked to several people over the years, spiritual teachers and spiritual um, followers, who say that they really want to stay in that idea of illusion, that life is just an illusion, and what I need to do is stay in joy. I need to stay uh, fixated on joy so that I don't get all caught up in the suffering of life, and in that way I have detached from life. But my question would then still be, well, what's the point if... All you're going to do is stay the same. You're not going to grow. You're not going to uh, become any different. You might feel some good feelings, but you're not going to become any different because you have not encountered life. And I think, I think that that's one of the reasons we're here is to encounter life, to have an experience of life that alters us, that changes us, that brings us to a deeper place inside of ourselves and that doesn't just happen through suffering. Suffering It can also happen through joy. We can also attain to deeper and deeper places within ourselves by um, really recognizing the wonderful things in life and feeling uh, um, uh, the gratitude for those things. And uh, so, so 
we don't have to assume that if we accept life on life's terms, what we're accepting is this, you know, big bowl of suffering. Uh, we don't have to uh, stay in the idea that suffering is all there is on this planet. Now, there is a great deal of suffering on this planet. Um, and there are lots of theories out there about why that exists. One of the things that the Western world thinks in terms of its primary religion is that it's because of sin, that people suffer because of sin. And, um, you know, uh, there's other theories that say that we suffer because we're not detached. Um, we need to detach from life and then we won't be suffering. There's other theories that say, and this is my theory, that we suffer because we believe we're separate from the divine and that we are there not, therefore not provisioned with the insight and the wisdom and the love and the possibilities of, of being a constituent, a constituent part of the divine. Um, and so there's different theories about why we suffer. Um, and it is possible to detach from suffering in, in, in a way that allows us to work with a problem and, and, and still encounter life um, and work with the problem so that we solve it. Um, but that, that just means that we don't get so caught up in the problem that we lose ourselves in the problem. We, we can back off from the problem and be even an observer and notice what the problem's doing to us and to other people or where the problem areas are so that we can begin to come to a solution to the problem and, um, and invite new light to the problem so that it, it, it begins to soften and becomes less of a problem. Um, that, that there, it is very, very possible to detach from life in that way and be, uh, so, so that we're not so caught up in the problem that we lost ourselves. But if we detach to the place where we just say there is no problem, when there actually is, what we're actually doing is uh, putting our hands in the sand. So there's a difference between detaching from a life event or a life circumstance and um, still encountering life. And refusing to encounter life. And I guess I really want that to be part of the central message today. Is that, uh, is that we, we need to understand that if we're really going to gain something from life, we need to have an encounter with life. If, if we're going to just say to ourselves, oh, none of that matters, I don't have to be involved in any of that then we're not encountering life and we're not gaining anything from being here on this planet. So it's important to, to make that really clear distinction that, that certainly we have illusions about life, but that does not mean that all of life is an illusion that we can just escape by saying, oh, I'm not a part of that, it doesn't matter. Um, some of the suffering on this planet some of the suffering on this planet is because we're not involved enough in each other's suffering. Some of the suffering on this planet is because we're not involved enough in each other's suffering. So I hear uh, well-meaning, well-intended spiritual people out there saying to each other, well, you know, uh, we, if, if we're suffering with other people who are suffering, then we're just enabling their suffering, and we need to stop doing that. I've also heard theories that say that um, if we think of people suffering, 
then we are helping them to stay in a suffering position. Whereas if we can see them as not suffering, then they will stop suffering. And I think those are mind games. I just want to be real frank about that. I think those are mind games that we play to ease our own conscience, that we're not as involved in other people's suffering as we could be in love. And if we are involved in suffering in love, then it is less than we're not... uh, we're not so engaged in the suffering as we are engaged in the love. Um, and that piece is lifting. It's uplifting. Uh, so there seems to be, particularly in the Western world and particularly in the New Age, New, new Thought uh, movement, and maybe even the human potential movement, that, uh, that if we suffer, then we're doing something wrong. We shouldn't be suffering. We should be attracting good, abundant things into our lives. And uh, to think of other people suffering and to suffer with that thought is to invite um, a diminishment of our abundance into our lives. And again, I will say that that's, that's the mind games. There, there is suffering out there. People are starving in places in the world. Genocide is going on in places in the world. We are in a constitutional crisis in America right now. Um, there are things that we could be doing something about if we encountered life instead of running from life and trying to tell ourselves, I should always be in bliss, and if I'm not in bliss, then something's wrong uh, with me, and therefore, you know, I need to start, I need to do whatever it takes to get back into bliss so that I can attract my abundance and so that I can always have joy, because if I'm suffering, I must not be detached enough. Um, I don't think that's what the Buddha meant. (laughs) I don't think that the Buddha meant by detachment that we should just avoid other people who are suffering. I think what the Buddha meant was that we suffer because we stay attached to to things and people, but that doesn't mean that suffering is wrong. It is a part of life. It's a part of what we're here to do. So because he found the cause of suffering doesn't mean that, that thereby we should never, ever suffer. Um, I certainly have gone through periods in my life that were very painful, but I got a lot out of that, and and they became life-changing experiences that made me into a different person. I became very different as a result of the suffering that I did, and would I go back and go back through that suffering again? I I don't really want to, (laughs) but I guess if I had to, I guess that would be part of what uh, I would have to do. And that's what, there we'd go. We'd go back into that and I'd have to figure out what I'm going to do about it. Um, And that figuring out is a part of understanding life on life's terms and accepting life on life's terms. So again, the prayer of serenity is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So can I change um, world hunger? Well, to the degree that I can pray about it, to the degree that I can offer my own energy to it and, and, um, and maybe send money to it uh, and maybe um, even travel and do something about the world hunger, perhaps uh, doing something about the water problem in some parts of the world or, or the, or the um, agriculture problem in some parts of the world. If I can do those things, then I am... I am having the courage to change the things I can to the degree that I can. Um, 
and I'm not I'm not avoiding the problem. I'm not pretending it's not there. I'm not saying that um, that I should not think about those kinds of things because they don't create joy. I am saying that I recognize that there are some things that I can do about this, and I'm going to give to it what I can. And there is joy in that kind of compassion. There is that kind of joy that that knows that compassion is being expressed and not just frustrated and balled up inside and and seen as this you know painful thing that we have to go through when we think about other people's suffering. So then compassion becomes active, and there is a joy in that action. Um, so when we're talking about accepting life on life's terms. What that means is that, that there is a generativity that life itself has, that um, maybe there's elements of other people's cause and effect in the mix, but, uh, but, but there, those are the things you can't do anything about. You can't do anything about other people's causes and effects that are in the mix of what life, how life impacts you. What you can do something about is how you're going to respond to that. And so there is world hungry hunger out there and I'm going to respond to it with some kind of compassion to the best of my ability and I'm going to do what I can uh, to make a difference in world hunger and therefore my compassion is being expressed and I feel a modicum of joy as a result of that Um, we don't have to again we don't have to say I'm going to stay in bliss and not experience any um, pain or sorrow or suffering um, because that's evidence to me that I'm on the right path. We don't have to live that way. That is trying to make life into an illusion, which means that we're not really encountering life. Um, but we can uh, stay in the promise of fulfillment uh, so that we live in a, in a place of, of fulfilling self, fulfilling all that is in me to fulfill, meaning that I, can, I have passion, I have compassion, I can operate from those things. And I can give those things to uh, my life and to the lives of other people that I touch. And, and, and therefore, I'm living in life and um, do, using my courage to change the things that I can. Um, but that wisdom to know the difference is a big deal. And we're going to talk about that some in the next, uh, over the next section after the break. Uh, for now, what we need to understand is that we are here to have an encounter with life. And in order to do that, we have to encounter suffering sometimes. And that doesn't mean that we're bad or that we're doing something wrong. It means we're about to grow. And, and again, we can grow through joyous activities as well as painful activities. But, we, but when we have uh, something that takes us to suffering, uh, we can detach from that by pulling back into the observer mode and watching and seeing what's there. But we don't need to detach from it to the degree that we say that it's not really happening. I can pretend that away and I'll just go back into my little bliss place and everything will be fine. Because that um, means that we're not encountering life. All right, so we're going to come back right after this break and uh, talk some more about this whole thing about illusion or reality. And we'll be talking some about... Um, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the wisdom to know the difference. We'll be back right after this break. It's- 
Elevate your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's time to eradicate barriers that are holding you back in your relationships and your life. Start by embracing the concept of laughing loudly and loving deeply. Coincidentally, that's the name of a highly anticipated new show featuring host Dr. Faith Brown. She'll talk with life experts or life spurts in order to help you develop your own vision plan for better relationships and experiencing the ultimate enjoyment in life. Laughing Loudly, Loving Deeply with Dr. Faith can be heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Says Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free. 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at AndreaMatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about the difference between illusion and reality. But before we talk any further about that, I want to talk a little bit about Super Soul Sunday. One of my favorite activities on a Sunday is to watch Oprah on uh, at 11 o'clock Eastern and Pacific time. Uh, this week, there's an encore presentation of Janine Roth, uh, where Oprah talks to her, the best New York best times, New York Times best-selling author, about her belief that spiritual healing and spiritual health is directly related uh, and affected by one's relationship with food. So you might want to be there for that this Sunday, May 28th, 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific. So we're talking today about illusion and reality, and and we're including in that the old prayer of serenity that so many of you have heard so many times. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So, okay, uh, we we said we'd talk a, a little bit about the wisdom to know the difference in this section, and that's what we're going to do. That is our biggest problem uh, with regards to illusion and reality. We don't know what's really true and what's really false. We try to read other people's minds. We try to guess what they're up to. We try to figure them out. We try to second guess them and, and, 
and um, decide what we're going to do based on what we think they're going to do. And all that strategizing does is ended up in end us up in front of the mirror again where we have to look at ourselves and say who am I now Uh, you know I work with couples I work with families and I work with individuals who are trying to uh, figure out their spouses or their children or their significant others their partners and they very commonly will say to me well I think he's thinking so and so and so and so And if the other person is in the room, I will often ask them, well, are are you thinking that? And they'll go, no, I'm not thinking anything like that. Here's what I'm really thinking. You know, they're so surprised and shocked that the other person even thought they were thinking that. But they were. And uh, the reason for that is because we're projecting onto other people all kinds of perceptions about what's going on with them and, and all kinds of unresolved issues of our own and all kinds of things that means that we're not really... Uh, attuned to where they are and part of that is a lack of intimacy and that both parties have not really shared with each other what's going on with them so all they have is guesswork and the other part of that is uh is that we you know we're not really attached to life on life's terms we're really trying to get life to be something other than what it is Uh, so we try to get us for example an alcoholic uh partner to be different by telling ourselves they are different. Or if we just talk to them one more time, they won't drink this weekend. Or if if we just uh, can say the right magical words, they'll go to treatment. Or if we just do X, they'll do Y. And that kind of bargaining, which I've talked about several times on this show, bargaining being a stage of grief in which we're trying to get to acceptance. We're trying to accept uh, the... Um, things as they are, but we are are not really doing that. We're bargaining. We're saying, if I do this, then you'll do that. And we make the assumption that there's a uh, that thread between X and Y. So if I do X, then somehow Y will just be jerked into place <laughs> and it'll, it'll just do what I want it to do. And that's magical thinking. And it's the magical thinking of a child, not the, ma- not the thinking of an adult. Um, so I said that this whole thing about knowing the difference between uh, reality and illusion is a factor of maturity. When we become more mature, we can tell the difference between reality and illusion, our own illusion, uh, and so in uh, our own delusion, uh, so that we are able to uh, to clarify. Okay, and I can I can accept that this is something I can't change. I can change this, so I'm going to go ahead and try to change it. And I I do know the difference between what I can change and what I can't. And here's what I can't change. Somebody else. (laughs) I can't change somebody else's anything. I mean, I might be able to change their shoes if they let me. (laughs) But they have to let me. Uh, And beyond that, we, we don't have any capacity to change another person. And But we spend so much of our time trying to change other people. And very little of our time looking at ourselves in the mirror and asking, who am I? And what do I really want to be doing here on this planet? Uh, and and so what we're doing is do, spending a lot of time trying to do the things we can't do and spending very little to no time doing the things we can do, which is just the opposite of the prayer of serenity. So we're, we're trying to change the things we can't change 
and we're not accepting the things we can change. So uh, that is living in an illusion. That would be living in an illusion. It's telling ourselves untruths and trying to live into them as if they're true. That is the very definition of illusion. So it's important for us to understand that this, this whole idea of serenity and accepting the things we can't change and courage to change the things we can and the wisdom to know the difference is, is the very basis of what the Buddha was talking about when he said that we suffer because we are attached. The reason our attachment is a problem is not because we love. It's not because we care. It's not because we are encountering life. It's because we are refusing to accept the things that we cannot change, and we're trying to change the things we, we accept the things that we cannot change, so that we're trying to change them, and we're trying not to change the things that we actually have can do something about, um, and we don't know the difference. So, uh, uh, you know, when when uh, the Buddha was talking, he was not, I don't believe trying to get us to stop loving life. I don't think he was trying to get us to stop investing in life. I don't think he was trying to get us to just sit back and, you know, be like the wind and, you know, to the degree that we uh, are not uh, invested in life to any degree. I think we can be like the wind in the Zen sense that we let go and allow life to be what it is and we look in the mirror and say, this is who I am and this is what I want to be doing so let me be about the business of using that raw active energy in me to do what's real in me to do that's how we can be like the wind Um, you know I think the wind is one of those mysteries that scientists may know something about and I don't know very much about it all but it was a it's a uh, metaphor that is often used in Zen language and it's also used in the Christian language when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about you know being born of the spirit because the wind blows where it will and we don't know which way it's going to go so uh, there is a mystery to that that whole thing that uh, of the wind and and the currents of the water and things like that that we might be able to explain scientifically but to the poetic mind it's a mystery and uh, so we so we can look at that as a metaphor for what it's like to let go. What it's like to let go is to just be in what's really the truth of who I am and what is possible for me to do. And if I'm in the truth of that, that has its own energy that wants to express. So when we're pulling back again and just saying, I won't really express anything, because if I do, then that means I'm attached then we're not really understanding what the Buddha was trying to say, in my opinion. Um, And we're not really gaining from an encounter with life. So again, the Buddha did not, I don't believe, want us to stick our heads in the sand and pretend that we weren't alive. Um, I think he wanted us to experience life with an element of detachment that was the same same as this prayer of, of of serenity that says we need to accept the things that we can't change and have the courage to change the things we can and and know the difference. Understand that there is a difference between those two things. Um, so uh, our, our very commonly long-term suffering comes into play when we're bargaining. 
And so again, bargaining is an if and a then. If I do this, then this will happen. I have literally seen um, children who, for example, um, uh, whose father abandoned them, grow up uh, longing for a father and wishing dad would come around and trying to do everything they can to get dad to come around, um, trying to be these very pleasant, kind, loving, smart, uh, adaptable, uh, achieving children who uh, would be very pleasant for a father to have if he would just come around. In their imagination, they're doing all this, hoping that dad will come around, that one day that they will please dad enough and he'll come around. And then they end up marrying people who either abandon them or reject them in some kind of way, just like dear old dad. And they uh, don't understand how they keep repeating that pattern of getting involved with people who are rejecting or, or abandoning to them and and uh, will cheat on them or leave them in some kind of way that um, leaves them back in the same old emotional place that they were always in with dad. And uh, so what they've done is spend years, 20, 30, 40 years, trying to get dad to come back. Dad's not coming back. And one of the main problems with that is that they believe that if I am different, then dad will come back. So that's the, the illusion that's the illusion. If I am different, then dad will come back. Well, they've obviously been different than what they thought dad rejected them for. They thought dad rejected them because dad was because they were bad kids. But actually, dad didn't reject them at all. Dad just went and did dad, dad's life, whatever that was. And that, wasn't, that doesn't mean dad was right to leave. It do, certainly doesn't mean that I agree that abandonment is an okay thing to do with a child. But it does mean that dad was stuck in dad's stuff and dad was not being a responsible parent. And that's dad's stuff. Not, it doesn't have anything to do with the worth of the child. But children do that magical thinking that says, I'm unworthy because if I were worthy, my daddy would be here. Um, and so they've connected dots that don't belong together, which means that they've attached themselves to a scenario or, or, or a belief about themselves, and they can't let that go because if they do, then they have to admit dad's gone. That's living in an illusion. And uh, so when we live in that illusion, we're not dealing in reality. We're not conf- uh, uh, encountering life. We are suffering, uh, but we're not really uh, in a um, real active place coming from the authentic self, whereby we can uh, activate the principle of I am and be there in that energetic presence of I am and do what it does. Uh, so that's what I mean by that, that uh, the difference between illusion and reality there. That is one of the primary things that I work with with uh, my clients is um, this distinction between illusion and reality because so many times I see that people are still bargaining with old childhood material that's just never been resolved. And they're doing that again and again and again and again and again throughout their lives. And they don't realize that they're stuck in that, that loop, you know, where they just repeat the same thing over and over and over and over and over again because they have not yet come to terms with reality and the reality is 
dad just couldn't be a, a responsible parent for whatever reason. He couldn't do that. Maybe he was an alcoholic. Maybe he was just uh, living in some kind of identity of his own, like Peter Pan or, you know, something where he feared responsibility or, uh, you know, maybe he was abused himself and couldn't figure life out. Maybe he was, had a mental illness. There's lots of reasons why dad had his own stuff that he might have just said, I can't be a responsible parent here, but that was him being an irresponsible parent. It didn't have anything to do with the child. So I could repeat that again and again, but it's really hard when somebody's in that illusion for them to get. It's hard for them to see that, that in fact, um, there, there is a, a, a bargain going on. So in that sense, then, we, we, can't, we have to learn how to detach from our bargaining. Detach from that enough to go, oh, I see myself doing that. I see myself trying to get dad to love me through my husband or through my wife or through my spouse or through my partner. Uh, I'm trying to get, still trying to get dad to love me, still trying to prove to dad that if, that I'm a good enough person for him to love. And I'm doing it through other things and other people, but I'm still doing it. And so when we look at ourselves that way, we have begun to accept reality. We have begun to accept life on life's terms. This is the dad you got. He wasn't great. In fact, he wasn't even a dad, but that's what you got now. What are you going to do with that? That is the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can. And it is offers a little wisdom to know the difference. So knowing that difference means stepping back, detaching enough to be able to look at, oh, I see what I'm doing here. I see myself repeating that pattern again and again and again. And once we begin to see that, that's when we can go, oh, okay, now what do I do? Now what can I do with this? And how can life be meaningful to me anyway? That, you know, I don't, do, do I have to have a dad who loves me in order for my life to be meaningful? D- does that have to happen? Of course not. There's lots of ways that we can be, uh, that we can have a meaningful life and, um, and, and, it doesn't have to spring from having two parents and, you know, X amount of income, a white picket fence, and 2.5 children. It doesn't have to come from family. It doesn't have to come from any of our illusions about what has to happen before we can have a good life. It can happen because we choose it. It can happen because we are empowered as individuals who are authentic beings, who are constituent to the divine, to, to uh, grab hold of life and take it in and really receive its gifts and really be able to, uh, to utilize those gifts for our own ongoing, uh, continuous, transformative empowerment. So, so what I'm saying here is that um, the illusions about life keep us stuck very commonly in a loop, whereas reality has the capacity, if we allow it, if we detach enough from it, to bring us to a deeper, more gra- uh, greater understanding of who we are as authentic beings. So we'll talk some more about that right after the break. Stay tuned for more right after this. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. What's your purpose on the planet? Are you ready to make jumps to pursue your passions? We often make excuses, but it commonly leads back to fear. Sharing our stories provides an opportunity to learn lessons and leverage pearls of wisdom that we gain on life's journey. We'll help you push through the fears that hold you back from empowering you to experience pure love and live your life's purpose. Tune in to the Beth Bell Radio Show Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration that opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, with award-winning authors Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. we're back for this uh, the last segment of our show today and I want to spend a little time talking about what serenity is serenity is another word for peace uh, the terms are synonymous and th- what we mean by that is that I can have peace to the degree that I understand that there are things that I can do something about and there are things that I cannot do something about and that I understand the difference between those two and we talked a little bit about that in the first segment. The second segment, we talked a little bit about bargaining. I want to talk about the healing that takes place uh, as a result of recognizing who I am in the mirror, which is the ultimate form of detachment. When I really, really ab- absolutely recognize who I am as, a, as an authentic being, the result of that is that I automatically detach from anything that isn't my authenticity. So it is not authentic for me to try to change other people. That's theirs to do. It's not mine to do. And I and, and if I can really see who I am, if I can really deep down inside know that person who I am, then we automatically, uh, we, along with that, come to understand that there's just no way that I can fix other people. Um, 
I also can understand that I have some real compassion within me that wants to do what I can. And if I activate that compassion and allow it to just have its own voice and have its own say in my behavior, then then it will do something uh, to change things as much as it can for other people. Um, can, can I bring someone a warm coat when they're cold? Yeah. Can I offer someone a meal when they're hungry? Yes. Can I invite someone to stay in my house when they don't have a place to stay? Yes. Those are things that are very practical things that I can do. Um, can I change their psychology? No. Can I make them believe that, uh, that they can get their own home and their own coat and their own food? No. I can't do that. That's on them to do. Uh, so I, I, if I'm looking in the mirror and I really see the outline of my, my authentic features, then I know where I stop and other people begin. I know where I stop and other people begin. And that is huge in terms of serenity, in terms of our peace. It is a very powerful healing um, uh, encounter to look at ourselves in the mirror of the soul and be able to see where we stop and other people begin. Uh, my mother used to say, you're right, stop where my nose begins. And, and what she meant was you don't get to hit people. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I took that to heart, but I also uh, have, have added my own sort of spin on that as time has gone by, that I need to really understand where I stop and other people begin. And uh, so I, I can look at the meaning of life through the eyes of, of my authentic being. And that's why it's so important that we discover who we are as authentic beings. You know, I, I've said this before, there's a lot of people out there saying, just be you, just be you. But they don't really know who you is. <laughs> they don't really know who I am. There's not been any time spent in the inner world enough to to figure that out, we might know some beha- some patterns of our behavior, um, and we might know what makes us angry or what kinds of things we like to eat and what interests us, but we don't know the deeper essential core elements of our own compassion and our own passion to the degree that we can fulfill our own desires, to the degree that we know where we stop and other people begin, to the degree that we can... Uh, we can step aside from from life enough to detach from life enough to say, oh, that's something I can't do anything about, so I can accept that. Uh, like, for example, it's pretty hard for children who are very, very attached to their to their parents to be able to say, if you leave me, it has nothing to do with me. Children tend to do that magical thinking of attachment and illusion that says, I'm, you know. Uh, it's my fault that you left. You know, I did something wrong. Very commonly with parents, divorce. The child believes that the divorce is their fault because they uh, they believe if only they were good, be- behaved better or were quieter or cried less or did something like that, then mommy and daddy wouldn't have to get a divorce. Um, and that's the magical thinking of a child. And many, many, many of us carry that kind of thinking with us into adulthood and we therefore don't know the difference between illusion and reality. Uh, but when we when we really begin to see the depth of the authentic self, automatically what happens is we begin to go, oh, I see, I, I see me. 
I see the fullness of me. I can feel the fullness of me. I can feel the, you know, my essence roaming around inside of me. And I don't have to pretend that I've got something I don't have. And I don't have to pretend that I can do things that I can't do. I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't have to live in illusion anymore. I can live in the real me. And because I can live in the real me, I can live in the real world, just like it is on life's terms. And that's why uh, developing in that awareness of the authentic self is so, so very important. And it's so powerfully healing because it gives us that serenity, that peace that we're talking about here um, when we can just let things go that don't belong to us and hold on to the things that do belong to us in the sense that we allow them to manifest. Um, I can allow my compassion to manifest. I can allow my passion to manifest. I can allow my desires to manifest. Um, And I don't get in the way of that uh, because they have an energy of their own and they just want to out and I'm going to let them out. I'm going to let them do what they want to do. Um, That kind of living is a a serene way of living. It offers peace. Um, And so so where does suffering fit into that? Well, when when we are uh, confronted with a life event that's difficult, we have pain. Now, I've heard some people say there's a difference between pain and suffering, that we can have pain that is not the same as suffering. I, I think that distinction is a fine line, and I think it's a, a can be sort of an intellectual um, brain game that we play with ourselves. But I but I also think that it's true that um, I can make pain into more suffering if I, if I uh, play games with it, if I bargain with it, if I, if I pretend that I can do things with it that I can't do, if I go into illusion, in other words, instead of staying in the reality that um, there are things I can do something about and things I can do nothing about. So, for example, if I go out today and get hit by a bus, if I survive it, I'm probably going to have to go through some rehab. And that's probably going to be painful physically and emotionally. I can make that worse by pretending to myself that I'm not really hurt and that I can get up and do whatever I want to do. And you've certainly seen people do that who are just really resistant to the reality that they've got some limitations now that they didn't have before. And they want to uh, leave the hospital or leave the rehab unit against medical advice. Um, and they want to just get back out there and pretend that everything's okay, and then they end up in worse shape. Also, I can make it worse by pretending that it's worse than it is, that that my life has no meaning now. Since I, you know, had this thing happen to me now, I just uh, can't walk right now, so therefore my life has no meaning. And so I've somehow attached walking to the whole meaning of my life, and that's, that's an inappropriate attachment. It, it doesn't fit reality. My life can have meaning because I have a heart and a soul. It doesn't mean I have to walk. Um, and, and so we can, uh, we can make that pain worse and, and, and make, it, make it into a deep suffering um, by um, not staying in reality, by not accepting the things that I cannot change, by not using the courage to change the things I can but not knowing the difference between the two. So wisdom. Let's talk about wisdom for a minute. We gain wisdom um, by encountering life. 
we gain wisdom about life, we gain wisdom about ourselves, we gain wisdom about the divine, we gain wisdom about what we can expect from life and what we can't. We gain wisdom about what we hope for in life and what, what can't be hoped for in life. We gain wisdom, and that is because life has a way of being very real with us. I think the thing that I want to say about an encounter with life, um, you know, 80 to 100 year encounter with life is a broad-based discussion about what's really real and what's not really real. So uh, it's a long, or uh, you know, discussion between life and me about about reality, and that's how I get wise because I'm having this discussion with the biggest teacher of all, and that is life. So life has an energy of its own that's a blended mix of what people do, um, of the winds and mysteries of life, and the uh, circumstances and synchronicities of life, and uh, there's a lot that's mystery there. There's a lot that's um, that's can we can actually find the cause and the effect. Um, but but life has this power to capacitate uh, capacitate us with the ability to grow into greater wisdom, and it does that by being life on its own terms. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there talking today about entitlement about um, narcissism and the entitlement that comes with narcissism or just entitlement in general. Some people think that the millennials are an entitled generation. I'm not sure I agree with that, but some people think that. And and uh, so there's there's this a lot of discussion about entitlement. And so that's another illusion, that life should always give me what I want when I want it right on time. And uh, I'm entitled to that. And if it doesn't do that, then... You, then life is doing something wrong or you're doing something wrong or maybe even I'm doing something wrong. But it, it very often is you or life, not me. Uh, so uh, what, it, what it means is that I'm demanding that life fit my terms instead of accepting life on life's terms. And that's not going to work either. But just having to have that encounter where life just keeps doing stuff that we don't want it to do makes us have to get wiser makes us have to wake up to the reality that, um, no, it isn't true. It isn't true that I should always have what I want. It isn't true that I'm supposed to have what I want. That's not the truth. The truth is that I have to accept life on life's terms or I'm not going to be a happy person. I can continue to be miserable. That is a choice. That is a, an option I have by continuing to insist that life should be on my terms but life's probably not going to comply, in which case I'm probably still going to be pretty uh, miserable. And uh, so th- that's another example of how we can stay in reality is by getting real with ourselves about what we can expect from life and what we can't. Um, now, I do say that we can put too many limits on what we can expect from life as well. We can listen to other people's ideas about where the ceiling is, and we can therefore prohibit ourselves from living fully into who we actually are because we have put that ceiling too low. We've boxed ourselves into an idea about, about what life can give us. Like, for example, if mom says, oh, nobody in our family's ever been to college, you're not going to get there either, and we just buy that hook, line, and sinker, then what, what's happening there is we're, we're deciding to limit life to somebody else's terms instead of asking ourselves what's true for us, challenging ourselves to 
find out what's authentic inside me and going after that. Um, so, again, that would be where attachment to somebody else keeps us from detaching enough to find ourselves. Um, so attachment is very, very important. It falls into this whole idea about what is illusion and what is reality. Um, but again, it's not necessary. It doesn't mean that we detach from an encounter with life. We don't want to stop living life in order to detach. We want to detach enough to be able to, to find our authenticity and know where it stops and somebody else begins. So um, this is how we get serenity. This is how we get peace. We begin to look at ourselves in the mirror and, 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 and establish a recognition of our own authenticity. And we begin to live from that. And that in and of itself begins to allow us to see where we stop and other people begin. It allows us to, to uh, recognize the things that we cannot change. It allows us to have and develop the courage to change the things we can. And it allows us to, to by facing life on life's terms, the wisdom to know the difference between those things. And therefore, we live in reality instead of an illusion. Okay, that's what we have for today. We'll be back again next week. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week.